Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BIRDS. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BIRDS. Don't forget, that's code BIRDS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo, Wolf, and coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings i'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids wow get, we gotta get that in a drop uh immediately we'll edit that one out that didn't come out quite there's no editing no no editing on this podcast that's the wonderful of birds with friends no editing <laughs> Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of Birds with Friends. I am in the host seat, Sheil Kapadia, joined by Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, and Marissa Morris. We had a, a very active weekend. Bo and Zach were on the scene. We've got a lot to get to. I guess I'm supposed to ask you guys how you're doing. So how are you doing, even though no one cares? Excited for the pod. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Oh, wow. Bo, all right. I, th- I thought you were going to go <laughs> silent. I thought you were going to try to be me. I wasn't sure what direction you were going to go in there. All right, so we'll get to all of the on-field news from uh, a busy Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. We will get to Jeffrey Lurie's comments. He uh, addressed the media uh, for the first time in a long time yesterday. And uh, I don't do we have a game, Bo, or are we skipping the game and doing it in a later podcast? Well, I've got a, you know, I've got a couple uh, you know, owl you knows that I can sprinkle in as, when, if we're talking about uh, specific football things. Boy, you know how to keep the listeners uh, on the edge of their seats and excited for the. They know what they know what's coming. What do you mean? Yeah, Come on, dude. they're excited. already here. Now they're excited. Okay, uh, don't forget. Uh, I will continue to scold you if you don't uh, rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, all that stuff. Uh, we're not sure what happened, but the numbers were juiced a little bit uh, last week for the Andre Dillard episode. So we appreciate that, and we expect that to uh, continue to occur, or else uh, we'll just stop doing the podcast. All right. Sheila, I have one quick question for you. Oh, my God. Really? Already? What, what yeah. did we say? Two mi- less than two minutes in, an interruption, you know, my only time to host, and you got to... Okay, oh, please, your ahead. only time. You hosted last week. Let's 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 not act like... Jeez, my gosh. Yikes. <laughs> you published your uh, fantasy football rankings today. I want to know if you have already had your draft or not, or if your friends can now uh, use this to lord over you and, and screw you in the draft. Yeah, they can use it. They sent me last year. They... Uh, text message the link and said, here's what I'll be using for uh, my draft. So, okay. you know, but you, you don't know. I might be uh, I might be next level. I might have yeah, some, I hope have some you Garbanzo that. Beans rankings in there. I, mean, I don't really, think that's... That's why Leonard Fournette was number three, right? <laughs> yeah, I, right, I yeah. wouldn't put that, I wouldn't put that, uh, you know, away from you. I think that's something you could do. I feel like the show has been missing, you know, Bean and Lemur updates lately. Well... You know, it's hard to see people. So I don't, uh, once we're able to do that, then I can give you uh, some more updates. All right. I think, you know, I was reading your, I read your guys' stories, so you don't have to yell at me uh, about that. I read your guys' stories this morning. I was following your tweets closely. There was a practice at the link on Sunday, and uh, the headliner to me is obvious, and that's that uh, Jalen Rager 
suffered an injury. So, uh, Z Berm, you are, uh, what does Bo call you? The newsman, the news hound, whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Our stone cold uh, uh, newsman. Tell us uh, what happened and what we know right now. Yeah, so uh, I, I thought Bo did a good job in the observations ex- explaining the play where Avante Maddox broke on the ball. There was a pass from Jalen Hurts intended to Jalen Rager, and Maddox broke it up. And I didn't see Will Parks intercept it, but Will Parks intercepted it. Uh, and uh, Rager went for the tackle. And Very instinctively. This was not, I know he was, he, people were like upset that he was trying to make a tackle and upset at Doug for having offensive uh, players try to make a tackle. It was, it was like very instinctive. Parks was just caught the ball, was running around him, and he just sort of reached out like you, know, like you, like yeah. you would do. So you saw him stay on the ground for a bit, and we saw him walking off the field. And the arm was was limp. The left arm, uh, he was holding like his his wrist area, but we found out later, or uh, re- reports emerged that it was a shoulder, uh, according to various reports. Um, who was the you know, Who was the first to have that bad boy? Since we're not uh, Joe Tessitore here, I, I believe Jeff Mosher from Jeff Mosher. Uh, from, okay. uh, from Inside the Birds podcast. There you go. Uh, and I, I've 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 seen it in a few spots. There's there's been. Um, varying reports whether it's it's a separation or a labrum a issue. Partial tear. Uh, yeah. So 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 there's a few different definitions that we're trying to nail down here, but uh, it doesn't sound like it's the type of thing that's going to keep him out for the season or you know in, into late in the season. But Maybe. it does sound like the type of thing that's going to stretch into the season. And likely keep him out at least week one. And it also sounds like the kind of thing that you know has the potential to linger, especially given the uh, the Eagles' history of of these injuries. Yeah, that was my initial reaction. You know, it's um, uh, of course the you know the sort of organization is trying to uh, quell fears. Did I use that correctly, Bo? Quell. Yeah, that was a good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tried to quell fears about this injury, but uh, the, yeah. the Eagles are not worried about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, anytime I hear that, it's like when, it's you know, not Pete, something they're worried about. It's sort of the opposite of uh, in Seattle. Pete Carroll would say a guy has a legit hamstring. And that meant like his funeral was probably in three in three days if he used <laughs> the word legit. So uh, it's tough to know what to um, take from what the organization says, especially given how the last few years here have gone. So uh, obviously cause for concern. I mean, at the very least, he's missing a couple weeks here of practice. He's probably missing at least a game Uh, when he comes back. We don't know how close to 100% he will be and how much at risk he will be of suffering a more severe injury based on the first injury. Is, Is that all accurate in how you feel or anything to add to that? I think that's right. Um, and uh, Derek Gunn, who continues to just dominate from uh, wherever he is, uh, had sidelined two to four weeks is the expectation for Rager. Uh, he, and he also added that Alshon Jeffries won't be ready until early October at the earliest. But uh, that sort of calls into question, you know, we were talking about this before the show as we were uh, digging up the details. Uh, the new IR rules are that anybody can go on injured reserve and be pulled back, and there's no limit, and it's only three weeks. So I think there's a possibility that the Eagles put Rager on uh, IR week one, they get an extra roster spot, and then they can pull him back for uh, week four if need be. But uh, as you said, I think I think this is the kind of thing where you certainly have to worry that it's you know it could snowball if he comes back too early and then and re-injures it, and all of a sudden you've got a lost season like uh, like happened with Deshaun last year and with a different injury. Okay, so so no Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, let's assume no Jalen Rager. Uh, well, we can assume that for the, this exercise. So the Eagles, let's say they play a game tomorrow uh, in a parking lot because we don't care where we're, we play. We'll play football mm. anywhere is uh, what they say. That's what uh, this season's all about is who can be the most flexible. Two, two opponents, the opponent on the field and <laughs> COVID-19. That's, that's what I've been saying. You've got to be uh, adaptable. <laughs> So uh, they, they're in 11 personnel, even though I, I know Zach Berman thinks that's, you know, going to be like uh, three snaps a game, which <laughs> at, at this point, it might, might be, you might be right, uh, given their wide receiver situation. Who are who are my three wide receivers uh, and in, in what spots flanking Carson Wentz? It's a good question. So J.J. Ortega-Whiteside would probably step in at the X spot and then uh, John Hightower who has had a uh, a decent camp, he would be in the mix. But but my guess would 
be Greg Ward would be in the slot. My guess is JJ on the outside, Ward in the slot, Deshaun on the other side. But they can always move Deshaun inside and put Hightower uh, in the Z spot if 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 they wanted a little more speed on the mm, field. Deshaun Jackson inside that that worries me a little bit. Mm. Well, we I mean we the, the answer is we have we have seen this and it has been Arthega Whiteside and Deshaun on the outside with with Greg yeah. Ward on the inside. But uh Hightower has had a very good camp and has been working increasingly with the ones, you know, sporadically as he gets more uh time with Carson Wentz. And I think that, you know, the the idea that they had for Marquise Goodwin where, you know, somebody could spell Deshaun so Deshaun doesn't have to play every snap. I think that's maybe the uh the place where you're going to see a little bit of John Hightower as early as week one. I think I think he's going to get snaps with the ones. He's been impressive. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I was only I was there for three days of camp, but uh, you know, I, I was uh, I was smitten by him in like two of those days. He was arguably the you know one of the best players uh, on the field and making the most plays. Now, having said that, a, there's I was going to say he had a he had a big play on Sunday okay. uh, with the ones. It was Sudfeld throwing, but it was like a sort of a stop and go, and he just like absolutely dusted Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox did not have a good day on Sunday, uh, but but it was like a 75-yard touchdown. All right, well, I wasn't going to steer into this direction, but I've, I've heard you guys say many an episode that Avante Maddox has not had a I'm nice day. So, so let's jump into that. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, I, well, well, I thought there was something else we could jump into. Uh, okay. I, I don't want to step on the uh, – I don't want to step on the says, Well, just, yeah. just give me a quick Avante uh, Maddox thing, and then we'll get okay. back to this because you mentioned it, and I'm sure listeners are thinking every day of the Daily Pods, it seems like somebody's saying, uh, you know, Bo's, Bo's talking about the coverage was good, but he got outleaped by a bigger receiver. We've seen that in the past. What is your – Level of concern is he definitely handed this job, and uh, you know what does it mean for them, especially at the start of the season? I'd say he's definitely handed this job uh, just because they haven't had had really guys subbing in there. I mean, Brasil Douglas took some snaps with the ones when Slay was on the sideline, uh, but yeah, it, it hasn't been a rotation for for Maddox. He's had his his plays here and there, but what concerns me is is when guys are blowing past him because his. His game is supposed to be speed and agility. If it's the type of thing where a bigger receiver, if J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is kind of posting up on him in the red zone. Which also uh, happened yesterday. Yes, exactly. That's that's the reality when you have a 5'9 corner. As much as they say he can jump and he plays big, when you give up that size, you give up that size. What you don't want to see But only is, in the lunch line. <laughs> yes, only in the lunch line. What you don't want to see uh, are guys speeding past him or more particular, in their routes if if they're able to get open with footwork because the thing that, that the coaches always say about Avante is kind of how athletic he is. I'm, um, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also, like, I worry about the big guys because that it's, it's like Avante Maddox can do everything he's supposed to do and they're still going to give up completions. Um, and listen, I mean... You know, you're not. This is uh, this is like a shorts thing to say. Like you're you're going to be giving up completions. You're not going to stop them every time. But uh, there are like there are going to be times every game where uh, they're just thrown out of Ante Maddox and there's nothing he can do. And and this is in the backdrop of a uh, likely scheme change to a heavy dose of man coverage. So this is not a you know barring something unforeseen. Maybe they'll surprise us, but. You, you know, this is a situation where those corners are going to be on an island. That's why they traded for Darius Slay, and offenses are going to have the ability to uh, dictate some of these matchups, you know, depending on how much Slay is following the opposing number one. So, okay, we, we will see what happens uh, there. Zach, w- what did you think this led to a more uh, more reasonable discussion until? Well, it was interesting, and it, 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 it probably speaks to the fact that it was a busy day that we led with the Rager injury, which is obviously big news, uh, but we shouldn't gloss over the fact that the starting quarterback... No, 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 I've practicing. got that. Come on, I've got okay. that on the okay. rundown. Yeah, we're, we're okay. going to get to that. Yeah, but the the fi- Eagles aren't I, worried about that, though. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to finish the... Uh, so here, here's one question okay. I have for you with the wide receivers is, John Hightower, what is your... What do you think is a reasonable expectation for him? Let's say he's he's part of the rotation, maybe you're in some playing time. And what do you think the ceiling is in terms of receiving yards uh, for him as a rookie? And then I will give you some uh, some numbers here. This I would, bad. yeah, I I would really um, undersell Hightower having a major impact this year. I think like if anything, you're you're looking at like a Mac Hollins rookie year type where he might have a play here and there. Um, 
I don't have Matt Collins' rookie year numbers in front of me, but it was like it might have been like 15 catches, maybe 15, 20 catches. I, I, wow. I don't think okay. Hightower. So you are not is... drinking any of the Hightower Kool Aid. 15 catches well, on the season. Well, because I, I'm, I'm leaning into the two tight ends. I'm <laughs> leaning into the fact that Miles Sanders is going to have a big role in the passing game. Uh, if, if, if he's their number like three or four receiver, then he's their, you know, sixth, seventh option in the passing game. Um, and I do expect at some point here, Alshon's going to be back. I'd expect at some point Rager's going to be back. And Hightower has uh, has made plays, but I don't think you're you're looking at like Darius Slayton last year. Maybe I'm wrong, and and I, I I really didn't put much thought into the season numbers until you brought it up. So I'm probably underselling it a bit, but I don't want to oversell it. So I would put like the 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 ceiling at like 30 35 catches. Okay, Matt Collins had 16 catches for 226 okay, yards uh, as a rookie. Bo. Uh, yeah, I mean like Darius Slayton is the like 100 percent outcome. Uh, yes. for sure. But I mean, there is a, there's a path where, you know, once again, the wide receivers are depleted and, you know, Deshaun gets hurt cause he's old and Alshon never comes back and Rager's uh, shoulder is busted in which case, you know, they have no choice, but to make Hightower a bigger part of the offense. But I think like the, um, you know, the, the median season to expect is probably something like, yeah, you know, 20 catches, 300 yards or something like that. Okay, you guys both uh, you guys both went in the direction that the numbers would suggest. Which it's it's also it's always good this time of year to you know I'm looking at all these training camp reports and uh, people are excited about different guys, but it's always good to look at it and sort of the backdrop about uh, what has happened. So day three receivers in the last uh, twenty years, how many of them do you think have had a, a thousand yard season as a rookie? Uh, this is out of 296 wide receivers. A thousand drafted. yard receiving as a rookie. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, for how long ago? The uh, last 20 years. Okay. Uh, Marcus Colston. Wow. Oh, this should have been a game. You would have been in uh, in good shape there. That's the only one I can think that, of. That's the only one there is. That's the only one there is? <laughs> that's the only one there is. Nice <laughs> job out of you. I feel good now, about that. Now, a number two wide receiver, if you're looking at it just sort of league-wide, uh, I think the average is a sort of between 600 and 700 yards. That's what you expect from your number two wide receiver. So how many of those 296 that you can both guess for this one uh, do you think had at least, let's say, 600 yards? Uh, I wanna, I'm want i going to say seven. Does that include per- Colston? That includes, yeah, we'll include okay. include. Well, then I'll say eight. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a little game theory here and go nine. Oh, oh, oh Z Firm's learning, baby. Shout out to Dennis for his tutoring. <laughs> uh, it is 10. Uh. And, and Z Firm, uh, you know, he gets lucky getting the second guess there, but he used it. So uh, that is a good job. So, yes, the point Slayton is, last year, was there, are there any fairly recent ones? Other fairly recent uh, ones? Stefan Diggs. Uh, Diggs, uh, yeah. Kenny Still. Uh, Hunter Renfro oh, okay. last year. Uh, Zach's boy, uh, James. Co- shout out to Coach Flynn. Yeah, is another. So uh, you're talking about like the 96th percentile mm-hmm. of day three picks just to get to number two uh, wide receiver status. So uh, I like what I've seen. You guys have liked what you've seen. Maybe this will be a unique opportunity where opportunity <clears throat> is there, but it's always good to take a step back and look at sort of. I said that. Yeah, I said the median is. outcome would have been like 20 for 300. I feel like the median is I, I oversold that. It's probably like, you know, 10 for 150. If we include guys who like didn't make the team. You know, like if you're just including all the picks and guys who didn't even mm-hmm. play. So I said 296. So that would be, uh, let's see, around here. The 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 median would be uh, six catches for 41 yards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and I think that it's also like the the context of uh, you know John Hightower has had a great camp and uh, you know stock up on John Hightower is that he entered camp, you know, without a roster spot. He still had to, he was a yeah. fifth round pick, but he still had to earn a roster spot. Like he solidified that and looks like he can play a little bit. That's Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the other uh, big news that Zach was alluding to. Zach, uh, hit us with the Carson Wentz news. Yeah, so so Carson Wentz did not practice day to day with a lower body injury. Um we're kind of hearing behind the scenes that uh, it's not something that they're overly worried about, like like Bo was alluding to. 
that uh, they just want to get him ready for week one. But when you're starting quarterback who has had a torn ACL before, uh, when when there's a lower body injury, you know, this this close to the season, uh, I don't think it's it's ever something where you're not worried about it. Maybe it's it's not the type of thing where where like you know it's it's an emergency podcast, uh, a, a three alarm fire, whatever the expression is. But I, I do think it's something that we'll absolutely need to monitor because this wasn't a rest day for the quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this is him on the injury report. Well, I think maybe it was a uh, a smart move of the Eagles because you know every time they have something at at the link, you know, back to Stuart Bradley at flight mm. night to uh, Joe Osman last year, there's an injury, and so they should have just pulled everybody. But at least they they made the protection of making sure the quarterback didn't get hurt. Instead, it was Rager. So pull everybody. So just tell the media there's a practice at the link, and just have like the coaches there. Is that well, like that... you know, you have the third team, <laughs> the third team guys doing Oklahoma drills. What was the? I don't know if you saw what the Cowboys did. They had no numbers or names on the jerseys. <laughs> My God. So you're, as... you're watching practice, and it's. Like, I mean, don't no sleep on Mike McCarthy just <laughs> torpedoing <laughs> that team. I mean, really, it's true. It's true. The, the upgrade from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy may not be what uh, you know. I know he's launched the greatest PR campaign in the history of the NFL to get. Well, this he's job, very analytics man. focused now because he spent an afternoon at Pro Football Focus. <laughs> I mean, he's practically yeah. I don't know Brian Burke. He's getting or, a, uh, he's getting a doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was the reasoning for practicing at the uh, at the link yesterday? Did we get any insight on that? I think they they wanted to simulate a game environment. They didn't have any preseason games. Now they, they did not do what the Rams did. If, if you watched hard knocks this week, the Rams literally had a halftime where they went into the locker room and, and mimicked what a halftime yeah, because would be Doug like. is not a, like a jabroni uh, <laughs> who's just doing things so it's for the cameras. Uh, but, but they did have, you know, they were on opposite sidelines, which they are in, in every practice when in scrimmage situations, uh, but they pumped in the crowd noise which they're going to have in games, which I thought Bo did a good job explaining it in the observations. I mean, you understand why they're putting in the crowd noise. It's, it's almost like sleeping with white noise in the background, but it's, it's so un, un-nuanced in that it's like, awful. A, a player gets hurt and the crowd's going crazy. Um, so it's, it's, uh, I'm curious to see what that's like, but I, I do think they were in the stadium to mimic a game-like situation. I, I really, the crowd noise. I, I really hate the crowd noise. I really hate it. Uh, and I, you know, I think they, they're trying to push this idea that it's because like it helps the players, like it helps the atmosphere if you're on the field and it's not silent. I'm convinced a hundred percent it's just cause they don't want the mics picking them up cursing on the field. So how loud is it? I mean, is it like as loud as if the link was filled? Well, there were times it was funny because there were like, there was a goal line session where Doug was like, uh, egging them on to turn up the volume. Uh, so for most of it, it was, I mean, the the thing is, it's not, it's, it's not anything like the real thing because it's just a constant. Yeah. Oh, that's murr. what I was going to ask. It's okay, not like, right. it's not like, you know, the, the thing you hear on the soccer broadcasts where it's actually going with the flow of the game. It was just a, a constant, yeah, same level. This feels like it has potential for like that Sixers game when they dropped the confetti uh, early when even though the game was going to overtime, someone thought they won the game. It feels like uh, whoever's hitting the button on a plot. Are there going to be boos? Were there boos? No, of course not. Oh, come on. How are they doing yeah, this? It's ridiculous. I want a three and out first quarter and boo them off the field. Yeah, it's, it's not situational. It's just like uh... just a constant thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's right. really well, bad. That's I mean, interesting. You know, right. I, I've I've been to enough Falcons games in my life, you know. But is ever so? Are all the stadiums they're they're going to do this for the regular season? Is that right? Has there been a decision? I believe so. I mean, we 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 heard when um, the Tom Brady joke in Tampa. You know, right. I, I guess the the Bucks put it on. And he said it sounded like the old RCA dome. Yeah. Uh, but it, it very much. Uh, yeah, I, I I think there's a certain amount of decibel level they can get to. I don't know if it's the same soundtrack in every stadium, but 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 like I said, like it should be situational. There 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 should be a way to recognize the moment of the game. I I guess they they specifically don't want that to happen, but it is odd when like the team's punting and they're cheering, <laughs> or a player's hurt and they're cheering. Oh I think gosh. you should get. I think you should get. They, like you just pick one lucky fan who gets to have uh you know the microphone of God for the game and. 
you know, you you get you get a, you get an Eagles fan who's really booing, as you said, booing the three and out. Let's let's make this thing realistic. I would just let you do it, Bo. You, I feel like you're pretty reactionary. <laughs> you know, you let you let out big laughs. Yeah, and, I'd be laughing know, too much. You would throw terrible, the players off. Yeah, terrible throw. Zach, make sure you're charting Bo's laughs in the press box this year, <laughs> so we can at the end we can chart the worst plays of the season in uh in in Eagles games. All right, uh, getting back to when so. Yeah, this has to be. Cons- I mean, this is a season where how many days are we're less than two weeks away from the opener? Uh, yeah, two weeks from yesterday. This is a season in which the the offense is going to be schemed up to more quarterback movement plays. Uh, you know, getting outside the pocket, bootlegs, and you've lost two of your offensive linemen. So there there could be a greater uh, pressure to avoid defensive linemen uh, who are in your face. So. We will see how this goes. I don't know. I mean, this is a tough one. You obviously, again, they're trying to quell fears about their starting quarterback being injured uh, two weeks before the season starts, and especially with Wentz's injury uh, history previously. You know, that's a sensitive topic both for him and the organization, but certainly something to kind of monitor here as the uh, a huge story, really, to monitor as week one approaches. Well, and the other interesting twist about yesterday's practice um, was that we saw both Nate Sudfeld and Jalen Hurts with the ones. Um, and it was like Doug was getting a look at both of them. And uh, I will say, like, that was, I thought, Sudfeld's best practice of the summer. I don't know if you agreed, Zach. And mm-hmm. I know you were focusing on the defense. But I thought he looked very good yesterday. He made some good throws, got the ball out quicker. Uh, he was even using his, his legs a little bit, which I don't think anybody's excited about. But uh, he was taking what was there. Um, so, I don't know. I, I mean, I do think that the Wentz thing is probably not a big deal. Uh, you know, I think I think he'll be fine for week one. But it was at least interesting that Doug was getting getting even more of a look of Hurts uh, with the ones than than maybe he has at other points. Yeah, and I I, I thought that the Hurts hype train, if you will, I was trying to think of a better way to explain it. I don't think it Hurts donut it died down, but you saw you saw some 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 throws that were rookie throws or or that were throws that like. He's, there still needs to be some refinement there. So um, now, to the point we we said two weeks ago, Hertz Hertz is more electric. You know, you you can build a game plan around him. But I I do think that like Sudfeld can run the offense. He's he's obviously not Wentz. He's not a starting caliber quarterback, but uh, he he can make it look like a, a watered down version of the, of the Wentz offense. Okay, I want to get to uh, other observations you guys had uh, that, that I read about this morning but want to talk about further, but I want to take a step back. So we have a, a Brandon Brooks out for the season. We have Andre Dillard out for the season. We have Jalen Rager missing time early in the season. We have Carson Wentz with a uh, some type of soft tissue injury that may or may not be a big deal. Uh, Derek Barnett still has not practiced. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave has still not practiced. Is that correct? That's correct. Great. Uh, am I missing any of the, anything? Any other big ones? Did you mention Lane? I, I know Lane Johnson is not. Yeah. What yeah. Is Lane, Lane hasn't Johnson practiced Lane for has, like a week. In, yeah. Um, okay. I think that's a, a worry because it was a day to day one that's lingered for like a week yeah. now. So you know, as a uh, Vinny Curry's been out. Goddard's been out for uh, a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, Goddard went from like a like a maintenance type day to now, you know. Um, well, as Zach now, as Zach tweeted yesterday, yesterday's practice, uh, the last five top picks of the Eagles drafts were all not practicing. That was a good tweet. How, how was the engagement on that, Zach? I thought that was a good tweet. I didn't check. Oh, please. oh come, on, come on, on. give me a I break. What about your notifications? Come on. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there were there were like. Um, replies but i don't like measure get out of here i'm not buying it for a second i'm providing uh i'm i'm providing it for my readers i'm not doing it for my own edification you're you're only as good as your next tweet a little preview for what's to come later in the episode getting a lot of tweets uh, in my mentions about comorbidities about what a lot of people uh telling me about uh Inflated COVID deaths after I tweeted out uh, oh. Jeffrey Lurie's oh, statement. Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah I had people no are fired up. Were, uh, talking about okay, um, a lot of right, engagement. So, so <laughs> well, not not all engagement is good engagement. <laughs> all right, so take a step back as I go through sort of the league here, and we'll have to get my uh, official predictions on the record on the Athletic. Uh, you can of course subscribe to theathletic.com. 
slash birds with friends for 40% off. And, you know, as I would say a week ago, 10 days ago, I had the Eagles as a uh, playoff team. I think I had about nine or 10 wins. I had them winning the wild card. Uh, I, I feel like you guys were in a similar boat, although I could be wrong. Uh, take a step back. How do you feel about this team? And sort of, it feels like training camp has not gone great for them uh, from an injury and other perspective here with uh, less than two weeks to go before the opener. How much has your you opinion changed? All right, I'll go. Um, well, you know, we do the, we do the uh, you know, the math of like, or the game of, okay, you're going to suffer a, a certain amount of injuries and you hope that, uh, you know, they're not the worst ones. Like we talked about this with Brandon Brooks. If you're going to lose a starter, maybe that's not the very worst one to lose. And then you lose Brooks and then you lose Dillard. And now you lose Rager for, uh, uh, you know, at least a little bit of time. Um, I think it's not great, but it, it if you take a step back, it's still quarterback, head coach. It's the best combination in this division. Um there's certainly things to be concerned about. And I think the, the Cowboys, if Mike McCarthy can get out of the way are probably still the favorites, but um, the offensive line has a chance to be a total disaster, which could <laughs> wreck the season. Like that is true. Uh, the, the giants in Washington are still so bad that I, like, I, 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 I find it hard to think that the floor is like really low, but yeah, I mean, I think this. I think it's it's very possible this team could not make the playoffs. Water gun to my head, I would still have them as a wild card team, but uh, yeah, I'm a little bit less confident in that than I than I might have been a week ago. Yeah, I think that the injuries on the offensive line um, cannot be understated. You know, you've you've lost two of your projected starters now going into the season. Uh, that's uh, that's an issue, and then you have your a blue chip player in Lane Johnson who hasn't practiced in, in two weeks. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that, that these guys who are, who are day to day are, are major concerns because sometimes when you're dealing with a veteran player, uh, they know how to get themselves ready for week one. That being said, we've, there have been a number of examples over the past few years where a guy has missed time during the summer and you keep hearing during the summer, well, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then in November, you have a press conference where the coach is like, well, you know, they, they missed some time during the summer and they, you know, they had to kind of work themselves back in, into game shape, into football shape, or, you know, they're just catching up. And really now, now they're, they're catching their group. I think the example last year was, was Fletcher Cox, right? Yeah. Fletcher Cox didn't practice all summer. Uh, and then when he, he kind of came on late in the season, you, you kept hearing, well, you have to remember – that Fletcher Cox didn't practice all summer. Um, so you can't have it both ways. It can't be like, this guy knows how to get himself ready, but then you you use that as, as an excuse later on. Uh, so that's a long way of saying, I, I, I do think there are valid reasons for concern. I think Bo put it well about looking at them relative to the division. I think Dallas has the more talented roster, but I think the Eagles have the better coach-quarterback combination and more continuity. Um, so it's 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 going to be those two teams competing for the NFC East, and you just hope that if you're an Eagles fan, if they don't make it, they're in position for the wild card, uh, and the extra wild card will certainly help. But I don't think either of these teams are going to be like elite NFC teams. It's such a great point about the that really every sort of reporter covering their first uh, training camp or beat, like what you just said should be sent to them. It's like August, uh, no, you know, no big deal. He's, he's a veteran. He'll be fine. Then like things don't start to not go well in October, November. Well, you know, he was dealing with that in uh, August for training camp. And then the best is after the season. Why did this player underperform? Well, you know, he was dealing with the thing back in August and then he had, took some time and it just escalates. Depending on what month you are, the severity of the minor injury, uh, you know, either goes goes up or down. So, yeah, yeah I'm never... Like, like, I don't... Javon Hargrave is not going to be starting on the defense, I don't think. Week one, you're saying? Yeah, like, like he's yeah, going to have yeah. to be... Ro- like, he's going to have to be a rotational player. Malik Jackson's going to start. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, and and Derek Barnett, we don't know. It's just yeah. we, we see him when we see him, I guess. Yeah, well, the Eagles I, I have, always uh, think the about the best pass rusher in the NFL <laughs> ahead of him. So, uh, My former colleague, uh, Bob Ford, had a line 
that minor surgery is is what other people have. You know, it's when someone else has yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, that's that's kind of like with a minor injury. It's a it's a it's a minor injury when it's not your injury. You know what I mean? So uh, in football, I think the only minor injury is like the injury that you're able to play through. Anything that keeps you from practicing or from playing is not a minor injury. Minor injuries. What are yours? Okay. Do you, do you guys need to get to a word from uh, any of our wonderful sponsors? Yeah, I okay. will jump in here. Uh, fantasy football draft season is upon us due to quarantine. It's very possible that you might have Jason Peters' beard in your pants. Well, that sounds that's good, though. Why, you want that, that's well manicured. <laughs> that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to man's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. Mm. The Lawnmower 3.0 is knows. the best is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. Game changer. They just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is $39 value added, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. Well, Zach, everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner. That's right. Football is about to be back. So to celebrate football's 101st year, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, is putting new users in the center of the action with a free $101 bet when they place a bet on the Kansas City versus Houston Thursday night game, the season opener. This touchdown of a deal is only available for 101 hours. So get in on all the action now. You heard us right. DraftKings is giving all new users a free bet of $101 once they sign up and place a bet of $10 or more on the Kansas City-Houston game. If you are new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to check out all of the great promotions and odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Here's the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS to get a free $101 bet to use the bet you place on the first football game of the season. That's promo code TOSS to get your free $101 bet for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino, other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I was just looking at some U.S. Open odds this morning, Bo. I thought I was oh. re- pretty disappointed to not get a text from you uh, last night or this morning. Golf about- or tennis? Tennis. I know, but the golf one's around the corner too. We're gonna have to get. Oh, back I didn't in know that. On that. Well, that one's a lock. I mean, uh, Naya is very excited about uh, golf being on TV because. Mm, did you we, see that putt John Rahm made yesterday? Well, no, Unbelievable. because we we didn't have any lettuce on that. But mm. when we did have lettuce on it, I just said, "Here are the guys we want to win, and here are the guys we want to root against." And she just ran around the living room, uh, <laughs> going crazy, not knowing really why we were rooting. Oh, uh, love putt. to root against. The, yeah, you know absolutely. what? She she got some new uh, colored pencils and crayons for the first day of school today. So now we know, uh, you know, how those were funded. So that's uh, very nice. We, Zach also had a first day of school today. How, how are you guys holding up? Well, uh, uh, doing well. I'm in the yeah, basement. It, was, it seems it to well. be going well over here. Okay. It's it's uh it's a lot different not having the kids at the house. That's for sure. Oh, my mm-hmm. kid, my, uh, Naya is doing school from uh, two floors above. Yeah. <laughs> so she's staring <laughs> out the window. All right. I wanted to get to uh, your. Wait. Your, so who were the uh, U.S. Open? Did anybody look good? I mean, I'm excited know. to have some tennis on TV. Yeah, there's a lot on there, but I, I don't know. I've been sort of lost. I feel like I haven't watched tennis in a long time. I w- attended the U.S. Open uh, last year, but uh, well, we, we can take that offline and then share okay. our picks. Uh, and at we'll a see later if that date. listener who wants to uh, pay us to live stream the match between you and me uh, wants to step up again. 
Okay. Uh, so I wanted to get to your observations from practice, but lead into it with this. And that, and that is the Jason Peters news, which man, I didn't even mention with all those injuries. And this, I believe first came from uh, the inquirers, Jeff McLean, that Jason Peters has requested or would like a pay raise. I don't think Jason it, Peters requests anything. Uh, demands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a pay raise. If he is going to be playing left tackle, for Andre Dillard, which is uh, a very interesting twist <laughs> to this to this whole thing. So uh, talk to me about what the offensive line looked like yesterday, and then we can also uh, talk about it as it relates to uh, that, that Jason Peters nugget. Yeah, so for the past two days of practice, they had Matt Pryor at left tackle, Jordan Maialata at right tackle, Jason Peters at right guard. When Doug Peterson spoke with us on... I'm losing track of days. Saturday morning now, uh, he said that Peters is in in the conversation at left tackle, but they're going to look at some other guys too. And also, Jack if, Driscoll was getting uh, about half the reps with the first team right tackle yesterday yes. instead of Milata. And again, Lane Johnson not practicing, right. so that's why there was that. And those are the three tackle. guys that Peterson mentioned as also in the conversation. If you if you're watching practice. It's easy to deduce that la- that Matt Pryor should not be in the conversation for left tackle. <laughs> wow. Well, or or uh, or Josh Sweat is Reggie White. That's the meanest <laughs> thing I've ever heard Zach say. About yeah, Pryor, I think. No, I mean it I must think have been he's, bad. He's a fine option at right guard. <laughs> you know, he I, I think he he does what they're looking for at right guard. I just don't know if he has the foot speed to play left tackle. I actually, I mean, and, the first half of practice yesterday, I didn't think he was bad. Uh. And like that, he he is powerful. But like the longer that practice went on, the more Josh Sweat was just wearing him out. Yes, Ooh. and we are talking about Josh Sweat, so we do need to acknowledge that. But uh, that being said, no, I think that that you know I, I give uh, McLean credit for that report uh, because there's really no plausible reason for the Eagles not to move Peters over unless. Uh, there's an issue behind the scenes, or they think Mylotta can be a left tackle. But to play Matt Pryor there would would just be it it just it would not make any sense. I, I was gonna go with a stronger word, but it, would, it just would not make any sense. <laughs> I want to know what stronger word you would have gone with. <laughs> what was, was that one word he had the one time that he said it was too strong and it was like uh, not strong at all? Yeah. Do you remember this? I remember that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Zach, do you I, remember? Well, the, yeah, I I I said hubris. I, I said organizational hubris. Um, but what I was gonna use, what I, I was gonna use, I I was gonna say it, it, it would be malfeasant for uh-huh. oh. malpractice. But, but I I don't want to say like it would be like harmful to Carson Wentz. I, I don't know if that's the case, but it, it certainly would not be the best strategy in my opinion. Yeah, I mean I think it's it's true that if the two guys you're gonna play are Peters and Pryor. It doesn't make a lot of sense for it to be prior at left tackle and Peters at right guard. Um, there is, if I if I'm gonna give my uh, conspiracy theory idea, you know, football coaches and going into week one, they like a little bit of guesswork. You know, it's possible that they're just they're ready to make it Peters, and they they just don't want Washington to know it's going to be Peters. Jeez, that I mean, that's the Mike McCarthy uh, yeah, I school know. of uh, outthinking yourself. There, but uh, pra- I like to think of Zach's like, uh, you know, kids walking around the house dropping like uh, f bombs and stuff, and no one paying mind. But then, like, they say hubris. He's like, go get time your- out. Get- yeah, get over there. We do not use that language in this house. <laughs> uh, okay, so this, my uh, this my wife always says, the- <laughs> my wife always says like, like she wants to see me get really like like pissed off about something, and and I say like I I Better try to be pissed keep it pretty steady. On. True, true. Thanks for that, Bob. <laughs> All right, so Matt, you Pryor weren't you weren't much. wait you weren't sufficiently uh, PO'd the morning after Doug tested positive. I was pissed off myself mm-hmm. there. Yes, that was as fired off as as fired up as she's seen me about something. Wow! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Outstanding. Okay, so we have an issue uh, at left tackle. We think it's going to be J- Jason Peters. We will see what happens there, and then yeah, you expect. I mean, so it, what's the what's the starting offensive line week one against Washington? Let's let's get let's cut to the chase. Uh, Peters left tackle, prior right guard. Okay, and uh, Lane is Lane Johnson playing? I think so. 
Oh, okay. Not strong. Not sure. Yeah. I he, well, I mean, can't say all until he returns. Weird, can't say, but I, th- I think that is the most likely outcome. Yes. Okay. Uh, with Josh Sweat, should he be, let's say, a Derek Barnett does not start the season? Who is your starting right defensive end? Has Josh Sweat played well enough to earn that spot over uh, over Vinny Curry? Or oh, would it just make sense from an organizational perspective? No do doubt. That? Yeah, I don't think is there's that... any question. I'm not 100% sure that Vinny Curry is going to make the team. Oh, ho, ho. really? I thought, didn't he get some guaranteed money? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd I be silly. His, I thought the number, the amount of guaranteed money he got basically uh, guaranteed him a roster spot, but I could be wrong. Well, yeah, I, I think Curry's going to be on the team. I think so, too. He hasn't been He's, practicing. He hasn't been practicing. And I've been thinking about um, this idea of, you know, we've been talking about ways in which teams can get guys, uh, keep as many guys in the building. And because of the lack of preseason, you know, you, you don't have to worry about some guys getting claimed. Like a guy like Vinny Curry, what if like part of the handshake deal was we'll give you this guaranteed money, but, you know, if you need to stick on the practice squad for a couple weeks, that's, you know, that's like uh, that's like the wink nod agreement. And they that way they can get uh, Sharif Miller and Joe Osman onto the active roster, and then when Curry is, uh, or if, if one of those guys is hurt, or if Curry is healthy again, then they can just pull him up. I don't know something. I've and why about. would he? Why would what would Curry get out of this? Well, maybe that was part of the maybe that was part of the original agreement. Like we'll guarantee you this money. He's getting that money. Well, you you're really hitting the conspiracy theories yeah, today. I, I like know. it. Okay, maybe. Well, there's not there there are not the Eagles don't have a lot of guys on the roster who are they like the mid-level veterans where they don't have to go on waivers. But the the two guys who look to me like there could be some roster chicanery are Curry and Craven LeBlanc. Okay. Hmm. Now there was a trade in the NFL yesterday morning. Yannick Ngakwe going from the After all those Eagles emojis. Jaguars to the Vikings restructures his franchise tag deal. So it's a one-year, $12 million deal. There's no provision that they cannot tag him after the season. And they give up a second-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick the following year. Is this a deal that the Eagles should have been in on? Zach, you've been, you've been, uh, you've been the one pushing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so that's a deal I think they should have been in on, not for necessarily the, the 2020 season. But long term, but I think that the I don't think the the salary this year would have been prohibitive as much as you want to sign him to a long term deal. I don't think the Eagles would give up a second round pick for a player unless they had that second contract worked out. And I don't know if they want to give someone. 18 20 million dollars yet and that's probably what it would cost to give them that long-term deal but when you saw the restructured contract it certainly raised eyebrows so uh yeah so it is something that they should have considered but i i think more long term would have been the impetus for doing such a deal well and i think the the other important question is is this a deal that they could have made if they hadn't made the slay deal hmm interesting yeah i i would say yes Right? I think absolutely, yeah. I mean, that was, what, a third and a fifth, right? Right, a third and a yes. fifth, and you're giving him a contract. Uh, well, you know, Would you rather have made the Ngakwe deal? I think you probably would have. Now, that means, that means right, that means you're going to have to sign a middling corner, and you're probably going to have a, a, you know, Garbanzo being secondary again, but that hasn't really stopped the Eagles from being successful in the past. Well, so the secondary yeah. could have been Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox at corner, not, not uh, ideal. Let's say let's say Cravon LeBlanc at uh, nickel. Well, you probably still you still get Nickel Roby Coleman. You can probably also you probably also sign you know uh, some middling corner who can compete on the outside, right? Assuming you still want to move Mills to safety, you know I don't know Chris Harris or whoever. You could assign your your yeah or like like an Eli Apple or something. That's a good point, Bo. I I think that's a very good way to frame it because you know so many times they don't make when a team doesn't make a deal. It says, well, we want flexibility to, uh, you know, do something down the road. Well, this is a, you know, situation where they got aggressive. They sign a toy. They trade for a 29 year old corner for similar compensation. They're paying him $13 million a year. Now you're going to have to pay. Uh, let's say you have to pay Ngakwe 18 million for let's say the following two years after this. So 12, 18, 48. So that would be about 16 uh, million a year 
for three years, you you know, something like that. Uh, I don't know if my numbers are, are totally on here, but uh, there there is a bit of a comparison there. He's 25 years old. And so, uh, you know, that's an area where they've certainly been willing to invest a lot of uh, resources into. So that is uh, that is an interesting thought. Okay, let's, uh, unless, do you guys have anything else from uh, on the field practice that you want to get to from yesterday? Well, you 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 brought up the, the, the sweat curry angle. I am curious what, what you guys think if, if there's, a chance this season that sweat could overtake Derek Barnett. Sweat Curry. It's a it's a Indian uh, <laughs> nutritional restaurant where you can also get a workout in. Like there's a Indian smoothie bar uh, post workout. Or it's think? just it's just very spicy curry, right? That okay. makes you sweat. Do you get when I when I eat spicy food? I get that like sweat on the very top of my head. Do you guys get that? Uh, what do you mean the very top of your head? You have like a. Cone head or something? <laughs> well, no, but I guess yeah, just the top of <laughs> like my the head. Like the hairline, you mean? Well, yeah. just the, like the the top of my head. It, that's, well, that's different than not the not my forehead. I'm talking front. about the yeah. yeah, I'm talking about the skull. No, I don't. Really? I don't think I get yeah, that. That's and I'm bald. Yeah, I really noticed that. That's an old. That's yeah, a that's a, a sign of me being old. That's not a thing that used to happen, but that's what I get now. Mm. Interesting. I got a lot okay. of those signs. Uh, no, Josh Sweat being better than Derek Barnett. No, I think that's too far for me. Unless Derek Barnett okay. is injured. Well, Barnett hasn't practiced yet. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Right now um, he is. But, it, <laughs> but I'm saying, but no. But I'm saying, but is there anything like, 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 say Sweat is is really productive as a pass rusher, and I mean, I think Barnett is clearly the better run stopper. But you, but I'm saying you don't think there's a scenario where Sweat can overtake Barnett as your starting defensive end. It would surprise me, Bo. Yeah, unless it's unless it's really uh, injury based, I think it would surprise me. Uh, and that you know, Jim Schwartz would caution you not to make too much of uh, thud practices. Mm. On the until Josh you put the pads field. on, it's not man's football. Yeah, I mean That's the ones haven't been, haven't played haven't had played a snap of live football this summer, so let's not uh, break break out the popsicles. All right. Other big uh, news or availability on Sunday was Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, addressing. The media, uh, I feel like you guys wrote about this at length on The Athletic, so we don't need to get to, I feel like, every single aspect of what he mm-hmm. said. People can go and read that. Uh, and there were other things that happened in practice. You can read about that in the practice observations too. There you go. Uh, give me the most interesting thing you heard from uh, Jeffrey Lurie yesterday. Bo, we will, we will start with you since you got screwed with the game theory earlier. So uh, the most interesting thing I thought actually was not the most important thing, but the most interesting thing I thought he said was when Zach asked him about the, uh, you know, playing football this year. Are you are you confident that you'll get the season in? He went on this uh, this thing about how there are going to be games where you know you're probably going to have you know uh, no long snapper or you might have no tight end or you might have to have a wide receiver playing cornerback or something like that, which I thought was was very interesting <laughs> and not how. The league has been messaging this at all. Uh, and also, there's still, like, roster flexibility. That's what the extra practice squad is for. So you don't have to have uh, John Hightower playing cornerback. Um, but uh, I did think, and and the question that I should have asked, because I didn't really love the question that I ended up asking. Um, the question that I should have asked was, are you, uh, you know, he talked about how football seems a little bit trivial right now and how the importance of, you know, paying attention to, uh, social injustice is is uh, trying not to anesthetize things and make sure that you're still feeling it. And, you know, football is part of what anesthetizes that. Um, we talked about it as an opiate. Like, are you conflicted at all about playing the season? And, you know, I'm sure that he's not, but I think that's the question I should have asked. Uh, but the idea of, like, going through all these hoops just to uh, just to play the season, I thought that was interesting because – that is not like a thing like even Doug Peterson has talked about or even all this mm-hmm. like, you know, you have to be as uh, uh, malleable as possible this season more than any other. We haven't heard anybody go like quite that far. Yeah, I found them to be very um, kind of self-aware, number one. And, well, I, I use that term with, with Wentz, so I, I won't go self-aware. But I'll, I mean, I'll say kind of honest about – <laughs> About, uh, you know, he, he, it wasn't in I, – I wrote this in our, in our write-up. It wasn't like holding up the NFL shield and, and saying like whatever they do is is pristine. He was saying that that there's going to be ups and downs during this process and that teams need to be able to adapt. Uh, but I, I I thought across the board 
it was it was kind of as as honest and um as uh uh as as human as as you can see from uh, from Jeffrey Lurie, you know, and 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 part of it was the timing of this, you know, when he talks to us at the owners meetings and you're not amid a pandemic and and you 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 don't have the social unrest that you have now um most of the questions and most of the topics are about like harmony in the front office extending Carson Wentz things of yeah, that no nature no Malcolm Jenkins we didn't get to a Malcolm Jenkins question yesterday yeah. like yeah yeah he's speaking in, in, entirely as someone who owns a football team and there are times when he can stray from that in in terms of societal questions but the the tone and the importance of of the press conference yesterday was so much that's happening beyond football and I I thought that the biggest takeaways were um, him 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 first off the the fact that not just he's saying it's important to vote everyone says that but what he's he's doing uh, to enact that where he he volunteered Lincoln Financial Field as a voting center um, he's giving the 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 organization the, the the day off the vote and he's encouraging team employees to volunteer to vote. Uh, and then when he was talking about um, enacting, well, well, I'll say this: when he was talking about COVID, it's it stuck out that he said that it's very important to him that there are no, are are no layoffs in the organization. But even more than that, when he was asked about the financial impact that this is going to have on the organization, his answer was basically like like Don't worry about us. There's people who are unemployed right now. Sure. We're gonna take a hit, but like we're not the people you should that you, they, that that you should be worried about at this point. And on the on the polling front, uh, first of all, that was um, that was good that they're offering up the link as a as a polling place. Uh, he said if needed, so it doesn't sound like it's uh, done and dusted yet. But uh, I mean, half of the press conference was a like not very veiled at all subtweet of of Donald Trump. Um, you know, he never mentioned his name, but he specifically called out the mishandling of COVID and said, we are a tragic embarrassment, uh, you know, citing that it's 4% of the population and 21% of the uh, COVID deaths. And then that's where you get everybody jumping into my mentions about comorbidities. But um, he talked about that. He talked about this is a, uh, a pivotal election. He said Pennsylvania is the, uh, the epicenter of the outcomes of this election. Uh, and he's, you know, encouraging everybody to go out and vote. Um, I mean, he is. Uh, I asked him about like in in among NFL owners, you know, he is he is fa- r- relatively rare in terms of that viewpoint, and he sort of walked that back. And of course, he's not going to say anything bad about about other owners. But um, you know, as Rodney McLeod on Thursday pointed towards NFL owners and said, um, you know, just as we represent you when you when we leave the building you represent us like we need you to be vocal and speaking up and speak up for us you know i think i think that lurry uh, at least yesterday delivered on that well when i did the story on uh, on lurry last year i mean i think a lot of what you said is sort of resonating and i do sort of get the sense that his i don't know if it's a public relations strategy i mean i don't i don't want to make it seem like inauthentic or or fake or anything but i i do think he sort of wants to stand out as the opposite voice to the daniel snyders mm-hmm. and the jerry jones and some of these other uh other owners out there i mean the you know the political stuff last year when he gave his speech at his alma mater it was a very similar uh, similar tone, similar message, where he did not mention uh, the current president, but it, you know you didn't have to read between the lines much to uh, to get a sense of what his viewpoints were and what he was trying to say there. And uh, certainly with uh, you know what he said in terms of uh, race and the way the country has handled the pandemic and these different types of things yesterday, uh, that that message, uh, you know that that sort of strategy or message or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know that uh, that continued. To be the case. Um, anything else? Sort of. Was there anything? Uh, I know. I know a lot of it wasn't football related. But was there anything football related, or uh, in terms of fans in the stands this year? Deshaun Jackson. I know we talked about some of those things. Any of that uh, stand out? Yeah. To you? Th- so, so something we did not write about, um, and and we will get to it. But if if you recall, when the Eagles made the coaching changes back in January, 
And it was reported then that Jeffrey Lurie uh, got involved in it. And uh, that uh, obviously we all remember Doug Peterson mm-hmm. said Mike Rowe was going to be back. And then the next day uh, there was that about face. He said that this was something that the organization had been talking about like all season, that, that, that they had been unhappy the past few years with their offensive performance and that they think that the surest way to be successful is a top five offense. Um, so he, oh, like he made it thanks sound, for listening, Jeffrey. <laughs> so, so, so he made it sound like, like this was something that, that was in discussion like well before those days after the season. Does, does that sound right, Bo? Now, now, he might have been saving himself there. Sure, yeah, that's but, what he said. And, uh, you know, I think yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Doug wasn't exactly. blindsided by it. But but that was a football element to it. And then uh, fans in the stadium, he he said he's, like, very much trying to get fans back in the stadium here. And um, the thing to watch will be advancements in testing technology, if they can get point-of-contact testing, at-home testing, the Eagles did make proposals to the uh, local, to the city and state governments. Ultimately, they they decided for for now it, there won't be fans. Jeffrey said it's going to be that way in September, but he's hopeful they'll be able to get fans there. And he does not agree with the sentiment that there should be this uniform policy across the league. Like you see, some teams have fans and and some teams don't. He thinks wherever you can get fans in the stadium, uh, the the fans should be able to go. And you shouldn't be worried about this perceived home field advantage. Yeah, I did not see the top five offense thing. That it, that is interesting to me, given sort of the moves that they made this off season. They certainly did not go all in on the offense. Their big moves were uh, trading for Slay, signing Hargrave. They passed on DeAndre Hopkins, and so uh, it, you know it makes me wonder if he thinks that uh, yeah, the coaching really has been yep. like a big issue over the over the personnel. I mean, I don't know that there's any other way to read it based on what he's telling you the goal is and what their actions were this off season. I think which I don't right. totally and agree with, yeah. which I don't totally agree with, by the way. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like it does, it does read like that is um, the way that they view things. And I, I don't agree with that. I mean, the, what, what Doug has been able to get out of, uh, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not a Doug thing. It's a um, staff as a whole, which I think is maybe a little bit fair, but, but if it's specifically Doug, I mean, Doug has no doubt overachieved with what he's been given the last two years. I agree. Oh, yeah. I think that, that, that the two things they probably identified were, were coaching and speed and that, that in the draft, they clearly prioritize speed. Now there's, there's, there's more to a successful receiver than, than speed, but that clearly was something that they viewed as a priority. The speed thing drives me nuts. I mean, it's like every two years changing uh, this, what we're looking for. Like, like when yep. football was first, when was football first played? I have no idea. 101 I years just, ago, according to right. the DraftKings. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Rutgers versus Princeton. Okay. Right? 101 years ago, whoever was coaching those first teams, they probably wanted to be faster than the other team. I mean, really? Like, what is this messaging? <laughs> Give me a break. It's 2020. We figured out we want to be fast. Every football coach at every level has wanted well, to be fast. I, I don't know about that. I mean, there are some, you got uh, some concussion all right, fine, You want, you want fine. to be tougher. Right. You know? That's, well, you want to be tough and fast probably, mm-hmm. but like no one ever says we don't need you to be, be fast. Bigger. So. bigger, big, strong, powerful Long, You want to have longer levers than the other team. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, no, we talked about this though back right. in, in, in the spring yeah. that it's like an overcorrection <laughs> to whoever's winning. You know, there yeah. was this 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 thought at some point that you, that you needed to be kind of the, the the big physical team, and then when you saw the Super Bowl last year, there's this thought you need to be the speed team. It it changes based on on who's successful in the NFL. It's a great point, and it's crazy. I mean, it, yeah, and you see this with the with with teams trying to now you know invest more in quarterbacks who can be dual threat options mm-hmm. yeah like it's it's crazy how they just look at one team or something that's working and say hey we should go do that well you know like, what they say the nfl is a copycat league yes they do say that hmm. all right bo are we getting to your game or are we saving that for a no we don't need to get to a game although we did i did want to uh ask zach one thing because there were at least two people who asked about this uh, Zach's Zach's nightmare did come true this weekend. We had a yes. practice in the bubble, which meant that tier two status Zach uh, provided the pool report. Uh, tell us about the experience of uh, being alone in there. 
Well, John McMullen was was with me. <laughs> and how? Um, and how? Like, tell it. Take us through a little bit about how uh, frantic you were that morning, hoping. Yeah. So I. Rain. Well, it, it wasn't just that that morning. It was like the forty eight hours before. I was was monitoring frequently. <laughs> oh, no. my, my 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 wife made a comment about this. Uh, like she's like, "Why do you feel so bad about this?" But I. Yeah. Why do you feel so bad? I wanted. Great I, question. I want everyone. Right. I want everyone to be there. So I have Dark Sky app on my phone. And I was trying to monitor like the times, and it was changing. And then I, I was acting like I was like Hurricane Schwartz here. I was like, you know, there's there's a window where they could practice, and and sure enough, that 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 did come because when I left the practice bubble, like it wasn't raining outside, mm. uh, but but nonetheless, they they moved practice inside. Now I really tried to be the eyes of 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 the writers i provided a pool report but so it was so, interesting that you both had to provide a pool report yeah and and so we we talked about that and i i thought that if we gave independent reports it would be a representative sample mm. yeah, of, that makes sense. of what was happening i'm sure but, you thought about that a lot but we would not not tweet while we were there as to not have some type of advantage or anything like like that that was very important but the eagles videoed you know the, the the portion of practice that you were allowed to video they broadcasted live so other reporters were watching this so they were reporting who was in at left tackle in the installation room right did you end. know that you were being watched I did not until I left practice and looked at my phone and saw okay. creepy overhead shots <laughs> and both discussing whether I was wearing a collared shirt or and were you uh, yes, no, there, that there, looked there, like a T-shirt to me. No, there, there was a collar on. Oh yeah, it looked oh. like a collar. I thought, but yeah, I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Um, and uh. yeah, pulled out the rain gear, ready for it to rain. And I was hoping I was at the facility when they announced that it was inside, and uh, was unhappy in the car because <laughs> I I was hoping that that everyone would have the opportunity to be there, but hope that my my pool report sufficed, and uh, glad yeah. that it was a beautiful day on Sunday. For people to watch, that. you got an Elijah Riley mentioned in there, which I thought was important. Yeah, he 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 made a nice play. I saw Bo led the uh, observations with Michael Jaquette uh, <laughs> yesterday, so that was getting uh, dusted though. He didn't. It wasn't a good well, thing. Well, listen, I, you just like to mention his name, Zach. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you said you were uh, being Hurricane Schwartz there, not John Valeris, or we mm-hmm. might have had to had a different uh, line of question. I again. feel like uh, why are you so worried about this? Is the uh, is the slogan of t- 2020 for uh, for ZB. What yeah, is we, this Dark Sky great, app? Great job, great job, I'm an AccuWeather man. Yeah, Dark Sky. It was actually just purchased by Apple. So if you have an Android oh, phone, boy. I don't think it's mm, Stock up. <laughs> well, well, they just had their split, <laughs> so the stock's uh, – anyways, I'm, we don't need to go into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dark Sky, it, it's it's a very accurate – like if, if it's raining outside, it'll tell you how much longer it's going to be raining. AccuWeather tells me that. Okay. Hmm. Pennsylvania – Right, it's, Ooh, we got a we got a, we got a head-to-head PI. battle here on uh, weather yeah. apps. Yeah, so uh, who, our meteorologist listeners, let us know what we should have. If one wants to advertise with us, they will be the official app of Birds with Friends. I would agree with that. Yeah. Although, you know, with Bo's interjections, I'm not sure we're going to have many more ad reads uh, on this uh, on this show. The, in the future. The, our sponsors love the conversational uh, ad read. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else to get to today? Uh, no, but this will be yeah. a this will be a busy week of birds with friends. We're not quite sure it'll be uh, if it'll be daily pods or uh, longer pods, but uh, you know, get or ready neither. get get ready for a lot of content. Maybe I'll be the judge of that. Cutdown right. day is on Saturday. Yeah, Some, somebody's got a title Saturday. to protect. Mm, interesting. Okay, uh, all right. For Bo, Zach, Marissa, I am Shiel Kapadia, and if you. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, do all that good stuff. Then uh, we kind of like you. If you don't, then uh, you know where you can go. Thanks for listening. Love you.